Pastor Noel here, and it's a great privilege to be with you this morning. Thank you for choosing to come and spend your Sunday morning with us. Uh, Powerhouse is one church in two locations. We meet here in our Wyckoff campus, and uh, we welcome our Bridgewater campus who are joining us right now via live stream. Wyckoff, would you welcome Bridgewater? <laughs> Amen. This morning, before I dive into God's word, I'd like to welcome my brother, Jose, who has something to share. Jose, if you could please come. Come on, let's just welcome him. All right. Can everybody hear me? No? Just mic? Okay, there we go. Thank you. Um, oh, sorry, I forgot to throw on my gum. I have to swallow it now. Um, okay. Uh, over the last year and a half, I have been uh, looking for work. Uh, I'm not unemployed, thank God. Uh, but it's, I've been trying to advance. And uh, finally after about 20, 25 hotels between rejection and um, they're understaffed or I'm overqualified or underqualified, one hotel within the company I work for finally said, hey, let's give you a shot. Uh, I was a little skeptical because they flew me out and where I come from, that's really fancy when a company pays for it. So. I said, okay, this has to be a good sign. So sure enough, I went for the interview. I get a call back uh, that following Monday and they offered me the position. So the, the, the best thing, the, the happiest thing for me is uh, while I have my family here uh, in New Jersey, I have my mom and then I have my girlfriend and her family who have been amazing to say the very least. I have my family back home and I get to be a little closer to them. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. Uh, it, honestly, it's a big bummer. Very, uh, it's really sad that I can't be here at Powerhouse, but uh, I'll be watching on the app. Uh, <laughs> I'll just need information on how to do that because I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, but th this has been a phenomenal ride. It's been tiresome, frustrating, and um, This part. Being away from my girlfriend and my son. For anybody here that follows me on Instagram, probably not many of you, but some of you do. Uh, <laughs> I I'm always posting videos of my son and I doing something, some sort of shenanigans. And uh, everything is going to have to be on camera. Can't see him everything. But I just need your prayers to, uh, to, to really get through this because it's enough. I'm going to be away from them, but I'm going to be taking in so much information because um, on a side note, the hotel has a big race and I'm training for my, my position as well as the logistics. So it's everything all in one. So it's gonna seem overwhelming, um, but I just need all the prayer possible. And you know, Pastor Noel has been amazing. 
praying for me with this search and it's one of those things of like oh it'll happen someday and now that it's happening it's like oh that word I can't say so yeah so wow. <laughs> but uh yeah. thank you Pastor Noel and Sarah's family for being amazing actually I'm gonna call you up I wanna as we pray for this was not planned yeah <laughs> So just come and um, as we pray for pray for Jose. Um, you too, Mom. Don't get comfortable. It's uh, we we prayed for this opportunity for about a year now, probably more than that. Just uh, about. Just about a year, and uh, it's, it's 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 amazing to see how God answers prayer. So let me just let me pray. Lord Jesus, you are a great God. You work things out in your time. You continue to hear our prayers, Father, and you lead us, you lead our steps, you guide us, and then we pray for Jose now as he takes this new step, this new chapter in his life with, uh, you know, the, 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 the dreams that he has for this new chapter, Father, and yet also the, 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 the challenges of being far from from his family. We ask in the name of Jesus that may your grace be sufficient for him to hold him up, Father, and keep him strong in you. Lord, I pray for his family in the name of Jesus that they will experience your powerful grace, your strong hand, keeping them on this journey. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Come on, let's give God some praise. So. Amen. God bless you. So God does answer prayer, and uh, e every time God says yes, there are several no's we have to say, all right? I also want to invite you for uh, a prayer thing that God has placed on my heart to invite everyone to. As we've been thinking and planning this uh, series that we're working on, we call this series The the take it and leave it series, that, that in order for us to go deeper in our faith, to go deeper in knowing Jesus, there are some things we need to, to take, and there are some things we need to leave behind. There are some things we need to go deep in our hearts and say, these things are hindering, they are slowing down my walk and my knowledge of Jesus, and I'm going to leave them behind, and I'm going to take the things that God is offering me, We've been looking at Matthew chapter 5. Now, are you stuck? There are some things you know you need to leave behind. But you've tried and you've worked hard to leave them behind. But somehow, they just keep pulling you back. They keep pulling you back. We want to give you an opportunity to meet with God, and bring these things before him. And as a church, we're going to walk alongside you so that you can get unstuck. So here's the deal. March 28th, from 9 to 12, is a Saturday. I know how precious Saturdays are here in New Jersey, especially this season. And especially if the sun will be out, because we all want to go somewhere. 
I want to invite you to come here, 9 to 12. We're going to have a, a time of teaching, a time of prayer, a time of coming alongside each one of you to help you get unstuck. Amen? Tell your neighbor, you need to get unstuck. You really do. Tell them that you really do. I've been watching you for a while. <laughs> now, they, now I think you just lost friends. <laughs> All right. So turn with me to Matthew chapter 5 from verse 1 to 12. Matthew 5 from verse 1 to 12. We continue our Take It or Leave It series. And this is a very powerful teaching of Jesus. I'm going to ask you to please stand as we read uh, this passage. Please stand with me if you can. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Let's pray. We ask, Father, that may you make this word come alive in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. You may take your seats. Jesus in this text is teaching about the kingdom of heaven. Jesus came to teach us that there is a kingdom called the kingdom of heaven. The power comes from heaven. Our heavenly father is the king. And he's inviting us to move from the kingdom of, of darkness and join the kingdom of heaven. In the kingdom of heaven, Jesus is saying, there are certain patterns of, of life or patterns of the heart that you and I need to pursue. These patterns of the heart will lead to a life that is blessed. A life that is blessed. And he promises through his power to help us experience the blessed life. He began last week by telling us that in order to have a life that is blessed, we need to pursue poverty of spirit. That we need to be a people who are not self-dependent. Need to be a people who depend on God for our spiritual being. A people who acknowledge that without God, we cannot walk this life. We need his help. And he says that 
when we follow this pattern of poverty in spirit, we will experience the product or the promise of the kingdom of heaven. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs, verse verse, verse 3, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Let me just describe the blessed life from the words of prophet Jeremiah. Prophet Jeremiah describes the blessed life as this. And the blessed life is different from a happy life. A happy life, and I want all of you, all of us to be happy. But you know, happiness depends on happenings. Happiness depends on circumstances. The blessed life does not depend only, does not depend on circumstances. The blessed life gets its strength from a different source. Not from circumstances, but a different source. So Jeremiah describes the blessed life from Jeremiah chapter 17 from verse 7 to 8. He says, bless the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. In other words, to be blessed, your source needs to be who? God, that you rely on him. So he gives us a picture of how that blessed life looks like. He says in verse 8 of chapter 17 that this person who is blessed will be like a tree planted by the water that digs, pushes, and presses its roots into the dirt until it finds the soil. That it never gives up. It will work through until it finds the source, digging through the dirt, pushing its roots. It says that this tree is like a tree that's planted by the streams of water. Listen, this tree does not fear when heat comes. When the heat of life is turned on, it does not fear. When circumstances are, are crashing in, this tree that is, its source is from the streams of water does not fear. Its leaves are always green. The health of this tree is guaranteed. And it goes on to say, it has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. This is a blessed life. This is a picture of the blessed life. It doesn't matter whether it's hot or cold. It doesn't matter what the weather is like. This tree is always green. This is what Jesus is teaching in Matthew chapter 5, that when we follow these patterns of life, this posture of the heart, and choose to, to live what he's asking us to live and to take what he's asking us to take, We will be like this tree that is blessed, that is always green, that is living healthy. So he's calling us to this. So in Matthew chapter 5 verse 4, today we look at the second posture or pattern of the heart. Last week we looked at the first one. Matthew chapter 5 verse 4. Blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Today we are saying, leave coping and take comfort. Are you just coping? You're going through stuff and you just decided, you know, I'll cope. I'll try and figure out a way to just be in this state. Because I don't know how to experience comfort. I don't know how that looks like. That's a foreign word in my world where Jesus is saying, I want to show you 
and teach you how to do that. Uh, it's possible, Jesus saying, to be blessed. But in order for us to be blessed, you need to have an attitude of a grieving heart. Jesus, what are you talking about? Why, is, why are you saying we need to have an attitude of a grieving heart? How does that lead to comfort? That sort of doesn't work with the, my logic, Jesus. Well, let's listen to what Jesus is saying. See, there are several kinds of grief, several kinds of mourning. We know about the natural mourning. The natural mourning is the one which we experience when you've lost something or someone that you love. When we lose someone we love, our hearts are filled with grief. It's a confusing, painful emotion that goes through our hearts. Jesus is not asking us to pursue this kind of grief. He's not asking us that I want you to go and look for this kind of grief. This kind of grief will come. It is there. It will come. Some of us are experiencing it right now. Some of us will experience it. You have lost something. You have lost someone. And you're feeling grief. Jesus says he will comfort you in that grief. But he's not asking you to pursue this kind of grief. This grief will come. But he will comfort you. The story of Jesus in, in, in John chapter 11 when he went to visit the sisters of Lazarus, Lazarus had just died. And we are told that Jesus' heart was filled with sorrow. And when he went to the graveside where Lazarus was buried, we are told that Jesus wept. Jesus feels deeply with us for the loss of a loved one. But this is not the grief that Jesus is talking about here. So what is Jesus talking about here? Well, there is another kind of grief. It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. This is, I call it this, the dangerous grief. The one that you should avoid. You should not find yourself in this kind of grief. Dangerous grief. Let me read 2 Corinthians verse 7 to 10. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. There is a kind of grief that leads to death. It's dangerous. That when you begin to feel it, you should cut it off. That's not the grief that you need. But what is this grief? Let me use a story to illustrate this grief. There's a story in 1 Kings chapter 21 from verse 1 to 4. It's a story of a man by the name Ahab. Ahab was the king of Israel at that time. Ahab was an evil king. Well, Ahab had a neighbor called Naboth. Naboth owned a piece of ground. And Ahab one day felt that he needed this piece of land to use it for his vegetable garden. 
So he went and talked to this man called Naboth and asked Naboth, hey, would you give me this piece of ground that is next to my palace because I want to grow some cucumbers and carrots and tomatoes. You know, it's, it's summer is coming and I want to use it. I love salad. I want to live a healthy life. So would you help me in my journey to be healthy? So this is what Naboth said. Naboth re replied to the king, verse 3 of, of, second, of first Kings, chapter 21. He said, the Lord forbid that I should give you the inheritance of my ancestors. Well, when you read it just like that, you'll think that Naboth was being rude. Naboth was saying, look, king, I'd like to give you any piece of land for your, for your vegetable garden. But this particular piece of land is, is an ancestral land. And you know, and I know, that we don't give ancestral land. You and I know that. It's in the laws and the rules of Israel. So, king, I, I can't help you with this piece of land. Well, this is how Ahab responded, or rather reacted, in verse 4 of 1 Kings 21. Ahab went home, and he was sullen and angry, because Naboth, the Jezreelite, said, I will not give you my inheritance. So he lay in bed, sulking, and he refused to eat. Grief. The whole king lay in bed, and he was sulking, and he won't eat, because... Naboth told him no. He was going for something he knew he shouldn't have, and he wanted it regardless. When you go for things you know you shouldn't have, and you want them regardless, you visit yourself with a grief that leads to death. That's called covetousness. It's coveting, it's going after someone's property that you know you shouldn't have. This is not the grief that Jesus is asking us to pursue. This kind of grief leads to death. You read the story, and Naboth was killed. The king killed him and took his property by force. If you are part of a, a family that owns property, you know the, the battles and the, the conflicts and whatever that could arise because of property. And the kind of griefs that we shouldn't have. If today you're longing and lusting after something or someone that you shouldn't have, it could be a position, it could be a relationship, it could be like, like Ahab, someone's property, it could be you're lusting after someone's body or how they look and how you don't look. And those kinds of griefs lead to death. Don't allow yourself to be there. So what is the grief that Jesus is talking about here? Second Corinthians chapter 7, let's read the first part. It says there is a grief called godly sorrow. 7 verse 10. 2 Corinthians 7, verse 10. Godly sorrow. This kind of sorrow leads 
to repentance and salvation. This kind of sorrow leads to a turning away from and a turning to God. It leads, this kind of sorrow leads to a leaving behind and taking what God is offering. It leads to the blessed life. In order for us to be like that tree that Jeremiah described, we need to have the godly sorrow that says, I am tired of being in this situation. I will dig my roots until I find the source of life. I will not stop. Grief will push me to get there. Leaving behind everything I know that I need to leave behind. There are things that have stopped me, that have hindered me from experiencing what God is calling me to be experienced. There are relationships. There are habits. There are situations. There are circumstances. And I'm going to leave these things behind so that I experience the blessing of God. In order for me to do that, I need to have a posture of heart that grieves for things that grieve God's heart. That is a blessed life. Do you have a posture of heart that grieves for things that grieve God's heart? Let me illustrate this by a story. There's a man called King David. King David was also the king of Israel. He was a powerful man. He could get whatever he wanted to get. He could do whatever he wanted to do. And in this story, he abused his power. He looked at a certain woman by the name of Bathsheba. And Bathsheba was someone's wife. Bathsheba's husband was called Uriah, who was fighting, was one of the David's fighting men. Very loyal soldier. Well, when, but when Uriah was out in battle, David went after Bathsheba. And because he was a powerful man, because nobody could say no to him, because he had cut away all accountability, he brought Bathsheba into his, his house, slept with her, and she became pregnant. David, after realizing that Bathsheba was pregnant, got into a cover-up conspiracy to cover up what he had done. He tried to get Uriah drunk, couldn't work. Finally, the Bible tells us that he, he killed him. Prophet Nathan was sent by God to go to David and tell David, David, what have you done? Is there anything that you've asked God and he hasn't given you? Is there a desire of your heart that you've brought to God and he hasn't given you? There was a longing deep inside your heart. You're longing for something and you decided to fulfill it with your own fleshly desires. You could have brought those to me and I would have given you a solution. And David listened to, to prophet Nathan. Second Samuel chapter 12. 
verse 13, when Nathan approached David and spoke to him, this was David's response. He said, I have sinned against the Lord. That is the heart of someone who grieves for the things that grieve God's heart. David did not say, you know, I, 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 don't you understand? I was alone and I was having these feelings and she's beautiful and, and I, I just did it. No, David said, I have sinned against the Lord. Our sin should grieve us. Sin grieves God's heart. When we lose the attitude of being grieved by sin, we move farther and farther and farther away from God and develop a hard heart that is no longer sensitive to what honors God. You see that happening in people's lives. You see when nations lose their conscience of sin, when they no longer grieve, those nations they begin to move farther and farther away from God and allow things that are destructive in their lives. David said, I have sinned. He didn't rationalize it. He didn't try to excuse it. He didn't try to come up with explanations about this and that and that. And if and what, he didn't do that. He just said, I've sinned. Maybe someone here this morning needs to just sit before God and say, you know what? I can try and explain this and try and rationalize it. But the truth is, the reality is, I have sinned. That is a pattern of the kingdom heart. That's the value that Jesus is asking us to pursue. Is the kind of heart that experiences blessing. David mourned for his sin. Psalm 51 is a record of David's mourning for his sin. And I'm going to read the whole of this passage, 17 verses. In Psalm 51, David, when Nathan spoke to him, he says, have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgression. He's coming to God, crying for mercy. He's not trying to explain away what he has done. He comes to God on the basis of God's mercy. Because you know what? His throne is called the throne of mercy. And it's the throne of grace. He does not turn away a heart that comes with this kind of attitude. That mourns. And say, God, I have sinned. When a nation comes before God with this kind of attitude and says, we have sinned. When a family comes before God and says, we have sinned, have mercy on us. God shows up. So he says, have mercy on me. Verse 2, verse, verse two he says, wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. 
For I know my transgression and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother consumed me. You, yet you, you desired faithfulness even in a womb. You taught me wisdom in the secret place. Listen to what he says. He says, Lord, cleanse me with high soap and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Lord, if you don't do this, I will remain in my sin. Lord, I am willing to leave this behind and take what you're offering. Lord, I cannot do it by myself. I recognize my poverty in spirit. I recognize that I don't have the abilities within me to do this. So I am crying out to you and I'm saying, Lord, cleanse me. Because if you don't, I will remain in this state. Only you can cleanse me. So cleanse me, Lord. And then look at what he says. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take away your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then, only then, only when I've experienced this, then I can teach other people. I can't do this. I can't teach what I haven't experienced. He says, then I will teach transgressors your ways so that the sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from guilt of bloodshed. He's talking about killing Uriah, O oh God, who are my savior. And my tongue will sing for righteousness. Open my lips and my mouth will declare your praises. You do not delight in sacrifices, but I will bring it. Lord, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. That's what he's saying there. I'll do whatever it takes. Whatever you're asking me to do, I will do it. And so, Lord, my sacrifice is a broken spirit. A broken spirit. Another way you can put it is a mourning spirit. That's what I bring before you. Because this one, God, you don't despise. Anyone who comes to you like this, you never an attitude of the heart that Jesus is teaching. And when David prayed this, God answered his prayer. We see the evidence of this in, 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 in Psalm 32 from verse 1 to 5. We see him now experiencing the blessing of a morning spirit. The comfort that comes, Jesus says, when blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. We see him experiencing this comfort. And he begins to pen with his humble hands saying, Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. It's like I have experienced that. God has forgiven me from adultery and murder. 
that this God has literally forgiven me from adultery and murder. And right now, David says, I can tell you that I'm a blessed man. I am like that tree of Jeremiah because I send my roots to the source. And as my roots hit the source, forgiveness and grace and life began to flow from the source in this broken, wicked, sinful body and began to give me strength so that even my face could rise like death. Blessed. He says in verse 2, Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against him, in whose spirit there is no deceit. Because you know, David says, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away. In other words, when I was coping, when I just decided I'll cope with this thing, I'll try and handle this shame, I'll try and handle this guilt, I'll try and cover this thing up. He said the impact of that is it affected me physically. You know, some of the physical things that we're dealing with, the physical ailments, it's because of some emotional situations. 75%, they say, of physical sickness is from emotional situations that have not been dealt with. In other words, if we are to experience the blessing of God, some of the things that are attacking our bodies physically would be removed. Some of us would be healthier physically if we were healthier spiritually. Do you know that? That you will experience strength in your physical body when you experience strength in your inner person. When you send your roots to the tree. There are some sicknesses that you probably will not have to deal with. Because he says, when I, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. See, when I was coping, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat, the heat of summer. Then I acknowledge my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity and said, I will confess. That's an attitude of heart that you and I must have. The one that is written, I will confess. You can write somewhere, I will confess. I will not explain it away. I will not rationalize it. I will not hide behind the bush like Adam and Eve did. I will confess. So David says, when I said I will confess, you bless me. So today, are you going to choose to leave behind coping 
just caught it and to take God's comfort by allowing his power to come and flow through your heart when you confess the things that you need to confess. See, as a nation, we need to confess. We have turned away from God as a nation. You ask, how do we know? Well, when you see the depression and anxiety rise, the anxiety rates rising in our college campuses, you and I need to mourn for that. When we see the hatred and the insults in the political scene, the division, we need to mourn for that. When we see the breaking of families, we need to mourn for that. We need to be a people in grief before God, like, like Nehemiah when he was before God and he said, Lord, forgive us. Cleanse us. No one ever comes before God with that kind of heart and God's countenance. No one. Because the psalmist said, you are a forgiving God. Therefore, you're greatly feared. He is rich in mercy. He is called the God of all comfort. The father of compassion. He comforts us in our grief. He, he heals us from our sin. So let's ask God to help us to cultivate in our hearts. A heart that is tender and quick to confess defects and say, Lord, forgive us. Amen? I'm going to pray for us. And I'm going to ask us to bow our heads down. Is there anyone this morning who says, Lord, help my heart to mourn for the things that you mourn for? I want to mourn for my own sin. What? I feel like I've just been coping. I've probably given up. Maybe things have gone on for too long and I decided, you know, this is not going to work. Discipline. Discipline. Lord, I want a heart that mourns. Lift up your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up our hands before you and ask, would you help us to cry for the things that you cry? Would you help us to mourn for wha what you mourn for us? We don't want hard hearts. Hearts that turn away from you. Hearts that just explain away things. That rationalize. Lord, if there is anyone here who is confessing today, Father, I pray that may they experience your forgiveness in their hearts this morning. May you pour your Holy Spirit in that situation, oh God, to comfort and to take away whatever needs to be taken away, Father. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. Come on, let's give God praise.